Giants fans, NFL fans, friends, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Only a Giant. I want to start this off with just mentioning, you know, being this is a podcast that somewhat tied to my fandom of Eli Manning, the hot sauce commercial that just came out, which is amazing. I love the commercials that he does. I feel like at some point this offseason, I should probably go through and and rank all his, all of his commercials in order as to which ones I think are the best. Would probably be would probably be a fun fun episode. I think I'd have to try to get the videos and put that on Twitter or something too. So yeah, thanks for joining me, guys. I've got a lot I want to get to today. Uh, you know, we'll do the beer of the episode. We'll do some news around the league. We'll talk a little bit about players retiring. We'll also get into some Twitter and Instagram questions that I got this week. And then we will get into like a little bit of a free agency plan. And then look at, you know, our free agents and some guys that I think maybe we could potentially bring in. And then we'll get into grading some positions and actually today we're going to start with special teams and then we'll do Eli Manning's uh, last start or next start I should say which is his start against the Bengals some some kind of names that jump off the, the table right away are like Chad Johnson and John Kitna Rudy Johnson Shane Graham a lot of good names on, on this uh, Bengals team. Close game. You know, Bengals did pull this one off right at the end, but kind of a, still a cool game to to uh, review. And then, you know, another game where, you know, they didn't win, but Eli was able to kind of keep it close and do some good things to help this team. So, yeah, I think that's the plan for the episode. And I guess let's start right away with the beer of choice. So let me get here, get my untapped app up. And we'll, you know, go ahead and give this a grade. You can find me on untapped at only a giant podcast. I'm also on Twitter at only a giant underscore 86. You can find me on Instagram as well at only a giant podcast. So yeah, let's get right into the beer. So today we're going to try this. It's Greylock, and it's a Greater Good Imperial Brewing Company. And this is an Imperial New England IPA, 12% by, I'll, I'll call it by volume. So it's a, kind of a heavy beer. I don't think I've had this before, at least that I can remember. So I'm kind of intrigued by it, and I'm excited to try it. Once again, just as a... So, you know, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of review this on the untapped app as like my first taste, my first kind of feeling of the beer, kind of the gut reaction, if you will. So yeah, let's give it a shot and go from there. So I don't love it actually. Average rating on... On untapped is almost a four, and honestly, I I think I'm gonna give it a two. The initial flavor is is really weird right up front. Like it, maybe that's the imperial portion of it. I don't know, but it kind of smacks you in the face, but it's not like 
it's not a good smack in the face like beer should be. Yeah, I'm going to two on that. Honestly, I, I wasn't wasn't overly impressed with that. Ugh. All right, well, on to some, some better things. You know, hey, you know, for all the beers I've tried so far while doing this, I've had pretty good success with them, I would say. You know, I've liked the majority of them. Granted, some I have had. But I love trying new beers. I love, you know, th- trying things that I haven't had before. And this is probably the first one that I've had that I haven't really been a fan of. So, yeah, whatever. So, let's get into some news around the NFL. Uh, Philip Rivers announced he's retiring. And there's been a little bit of debate about whether he is going to be a Hall of Famer or not. It's tough when you don't win you know, games in the playoffs or the Super Bowl, or, you know, you don't have any Super Bowl wins. And he's kind of come off as smug and kind of, you know, complained a lot on the field. And he had some good years. I just don't know. Right now, I think my gut tells me no. But he could be, I guess. <laughs> kind of a funny quote that I saw on Twitter was him saying, now my wife and I can finally focus on starting a family together. He's got like 12 kids. Uh, So that's good. That's good, Philip. That being said, you know, a lot of people don't like him just because of his attitude. I I do like Philip Rivers. I think he's a good quarterback. I I just don't know that he's Hall of Fame worthy. And, you know, he's going to be coming in, you know, the first year he's going to be eligible to become a Hall of Famer. He'll be looking at probably Drew Brees, who... I think everything's pointing towards him retiring. I don't know if he's actually announced that he's retiring. Uh, He's got to, though. You know, his arm looked dead. He had some real rough injuries this season with broken ribs and everything. He just did not look good, honestly. You think that, too. It It didn't look good. So we'll look at, like, who do you think could be Phillip Rivers' replacement? At, with Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, maybe they draft somebody. It wouldn't be completely shocking to see someone like Mitchell Trubisky end up over there. Maybe somehow, you know, Dak ends up there. I doubt that. I could see someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick ending up there and starting for a year or two while maybe they draft a guy and try to let him, you know, kind of learn while Fitzpatrick starts for them. I don't know. The The Colts are in a weird spot this year where, you know, they lost Phillip Rivers. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's a free agent. And that's like two pretty big pieces of their offense. Granted, T.Y. Hilton really didn't turn it on until the end of the year this year. But who else do they have at receiver? They're going to they're gonna need some, 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 some things in offense. And maybe they shift a little bit more towards, towards that running game that kind of kept them going and, and had them alive in the playoffs. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do going forward because they're going to need a quarterback. They're going to need some wide receivers. They're going to need a few things. So some more news in the NFL. Dwayne Haskins signs with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Honestly, like I don't think there's a, a better position or a better team for him to have signed with. I think the Steelers can teach him how to be an NFL quarterback. I think Ben Roethlisberger is someone great to look at and learn from and, you know, kind of mimic what he does. 
if if there's a chance of Dwayne Haskins staying in the NFL and kind of reviving his career, the Steelers is like the perfect place to go. Great coach in Tomlin always has a great defense, a lot of tools, a lot of weapons. I think I think the the Steelers is a really really good place for him to end up. I I did hear that Ben Roethlisberger said he's coming back, and that's not all that surprising. But you got to think, man. He has a year left. Like it's he's not going to be around much longer in the NFL. And the backup quarterback that they have currently is not the answer. He's a punk, to be honest with you. Some more news: the Eagles hired 39-year-old Nick Sirianni, who served as an assistant head coach, or sorry, an assistant coach to the Chiefs and to the Chargers. Kind of an unknown hire, kind of a weird hiring process with the Eagles there. It sounds like they interviewed like everybody other than Deuce Staley, who I feel like deserved an interview. You know, speaking to my buddy Tyler, who is a big Eagles fan, he kind of seemed like he thought that it was his job and he deserved it. And they didn't even interview him, it sounds like. Kind of weird. You know, my thought on it is they probably, you know, he's been there for a little while. They've interviewed him a couple times already, it sounds like. So my guess is they just want to cup bait with the staff and, and, you know, get a brand new staff in there. They want someone that is willing to try to repair the relationship with Carson Wentz because it sounds like ownership has come out and said that, they want Carson Wentz on this team. Granted, that could kind of be a ploy to try to keep his value high as far as like being an NFL quarterback. I don't know. I still think Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. I'll never be comfortable playing him as a Giants fan, you know, playing against him. He is a good quarterback. He just had a bad year. And he's he's kind of had some things work against him and he's man had no weapons you know you draft JJR Sega Whiteside and you think that he's going to be something and he's been nothing you bring back to Sean Jackson and you know you expect something from him Alshon Jeffrey has been nothing Zach Ertz is kind of a shell of himself Dallas Goddard while you know being decent hasn't always been healthy and then their line has been healthy and then <laughs> they, they have this great running back and Sanders, and they don't use him properly. You know, they have Boston Scott, who actually I think has looked pretty good the times that he's played. And they don't they don't give him any carries. So it's kind of a weird situation there. I think that a new coach and a new staff and kind of a, just a whole new coaching staff is going to be a really good thing there. You don't – they might just tear everything down. I don't know. They have a lot of veterans that probably are sick of the way things have been going. It's going to be, I think, the the Eagles at this point, it might be a tough year or two with this new head coach. I don't know anything about him. He could be the next Joe Judge. He could be the next, I don't know, next big thing. It wouldn't shock me. But also, he could not be. He could be the next Ben McAdoo. He could be the next Pat Shermer. He could be the next, I don't know, Doug Peterson. <laughs> Who knows? So... At this point, I think I'll get into some Twitter and Instagram questions that, I, that I've gotten this week. So let's dive right into the questions. So the first one I have is on Twitter, and it's from at Kyle Kish 4 
His question is, being a central New Yorker, do the Buffalo Bills have a legitimate chance on becoming Super Bowl champions this year? I mean, short answer, yes. When you look at it a little bit closer, it's a tough road. You know, they have to get through Kansas City this week or in a couple days, I should say. And that's going to be a tough, tough challenge. That's a, a good, good team. It's a well-coached team. I think defensively, they're not up to the level of the Bills right now, uh, but they're coached good. You know, they have Steve Spagnuolo as their coach on the defensive side of things. And then, you know, if they do make it by the Chiefs, then you're looking at, in my opinion, I think you're looking at Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And that's a tough, tough matchup. But, you know, the Bills kind of like, they have, they they caught the fire right at the right time. You know, they're getting getting good right at the end of the year. I mean, they've kind of been good all year, but they're really hitting their stride right now. Offensively, last week I thought was going to be challenging with, you know, if the Ravens could take away Stefan Diggs, what happens? Well, you know, Josh Allen was able to spread the ball around, and he want to know what? They tried taking away Stefan Diggs, and they couldn't take away Stefan Diggs. He's just that good. His chemistry with Josh Allen, I think, is 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 a, a really good connection. So, yes, they definitely have a legitimate chance on becoming Super Bowl champions. Does it happen? I think it could. This isn't like, you know, the 19-0 New England Patriots versus New York Giants. They, they have a chance. They do have a legitimate chance. Yes, their defense is good enough. Sean McDermott is an amazing coach. Josh Allen has been playing awesome. I'd like to see more of their running game. You know, I, I think that would help control the, the clock a little bit more. Maybe that's just me <laughs> kind of. I, I just I hate the, you know, the the way the, the running game has devolved in the NFL. I think that, you know, it's just such a pivotal part of the game. I know everyone likes passing. Everyone likes big, long scores and yada, yada. But the running game really helps the offense. It keeps the defense off the field for a little bit. It makes the the defense respect the run. And, you know, you're not just looking right at the pass. So that would be something that I would just say the Buffalo Bills, if, if they could just get that going a little bit better, I think they'd be better off. So next question uh, Kyle, also, thank you for that question, obviously. Next question is Ryan on Twitter, and it's Ryan Shear. He asks, the Giants have a number of positions they need to address in free agency and the draft. Wide receiver, edge, interior lineman, most likely, although I like the job Gates has done. What do you think we will try to fill with free agency and what hole with uh, draft should they target? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Ryan, I, I like the job that Nick Gates has done. I think he has earned the the position there, the, the starting position at center, and that's his. You know, I think he's going to be there for a few years at least. Let's see, you know, kind of how he evolves. He's got to get better. You know, he, he has had a great year, but I, I just think, you know, as people get more tape on you, it's always kind of a game of, you know, who's going to evolve more and quicker. So, but I think Gates is good where he is right now. You know, I'll, I'll get into a little bit more of the free agency stuff and, and the draft stuff. I think wide receiver could be a double dip in both the free agency and the draft. You know, there's hopefully some some talent will be added defensively 
in the in the draft and free agency. So I'll get into that a little bit more, Ryan, because I have a lot of uh, thoughts on that in a little bit here. I do have a couple Instagram questions as well. Uh, Curtis Tillman left me, I think, three three questions. So thanks for all of them, Curtis. I appreciate it. Uh, first is, will slash should the Cowboys sign or franchise Dak? Well, I don't think you you franchise him unless you're you're trying to look to like do a, a you know sign and trade or something like that. Thirty seven mil, I think, is the number that you're looking at if you franchise him again. At that point, you might as well just give him forty and, and make it team friendly somehow. You know, for the next three years or something like that. I just don't think Jerry Jones wants to pay a quarterback that much money. I really don't. I think especially after they paid Zeke so handsomely and you kind of see how that went, you know, he did not have a great year. He kind of just didn't look interested a lot of the year. I, I have a feeling and this just might be me. I don't know. I don't think he's going to be there next year with with Dallas. I think he's going to be on another team, whether it's something where the Cowboys just let him straight walk and he signs somewhere else, or if they, you know, franchise him and trade him. It'll be a fun, fun offseason. I wouldn't be completely shocked to hear, you know, if if Jerry Jones tries to lowball him a little bit due to, you know, being hurt and and everything, but I don't think he's going to stay, man. How crazy would it be if Deshaun Watson and the Dallas Cowboys kind of work out a deal or the Texans and the Cowboys work out a deal to do a sign and trade with Dak and get Deshaun Watson over to the Cowboys. That would suck as a Giants fan. But hey, you know, it wouldn't completely shock me. Curtis's second question is actually where does Deshaun end up? And I I think he's definitely leaving the Texans. Colts maybe could be an option. If, you know, if, if things in Philly prove to be done with Carson Wentz, maybe they try to do like a little, you know, a, a, a trade there with Carson Wentz and, and Deshaun Watson. But I think if that if that was to happen, if Carson Wentz, if, if that is done and over with, I think they just go to the next guy and hurts. I really don't see the Washington football team being an option. I guess you never know. And, you know, honestly, it'd probably be a good way to kind of get rid of the Haskins taste and, you know, in the failed draft pick there. I don't see it with Washington, though. You know, I, I probably would say the Dolphins are your, you know, your your favorite landing spot for him. There are rumors going around right now that the Texans don't love Tua. And obviously he would be part of the deal. That could be just, you know, throwing out smoke screens and stuff. You never know. Patriots could be an option, although I don't know where they're at right now. They're kind of in a weird, like, I feel like rebuilding, but I guess they also had a lot of players that opted out this this year. So maybe they come back strong. Maybe, you know, he, he could be the perfect fit. Then you have a lot of other teams, honestly, that you could look at. Detroit, are, are they sold on Matt Stafford still? Carolina is Teddy Bridgewater really the answer? Vikings, Kirk Cousins, are you, are you sick of him yet? I would be. <laughs> Raiders, are they sick of Derek Carr? I like Derek Carr. I think he's a good coach. 
or sorry, a good a good quarterback. But there's been a lot of rumors that Gruden doesn't like him. Is San Fran an option? That could be. You know, that could be a fit. So I don't know where he ends up, Curtis. There's a lot of a lot of spots that I could see being fits. If I had to guess, I still think the Dolphins are like your best best bet. Patriots could kind of be like a dark horse, and and so could the Colts and San Fran. Next question from Curtis. <laughs> of course, of course, Curtis is a, actually a Washington football team fan. He's one of my really really close friends, so I think this is him throwing a jab at me, <laughs> just throwing a, throwing a little picking. Uh, his question is: Is the 2021 starting quarterback for the New York Giants currently on the roster? And that's an easy answer. Yes, he absolutely is. I'm not going to sit here and say that this is going to be a big year for Jones going forward. It, it's going to be a big year for him going forward. If he doesn't prove himself this year, then he might be gone. You know, I, I don't know. But yeah, the 2021 quarterback is absolutely on the roster right now, and it's it's Daniel Jones. His next question is, who who's your early favorite for the NFC East champ in 2021? That's kind of a tricky question right now. I think, you know, let's get through free agency, let's get through the draft, and then maybe we can kind of have a better answer for that. Right now, you know, Giants. We have a head coach. We have a quarterback. We have Saquon coming back. You know, while the quarterback might be a question mark, getting Saquon back is going to certainly help him. And the ownership and Dave Gettleman have come out and said that they're going to get him more weapons. So if our offense can improve just a little bit even, this team could easily be 8-8 eight and eight next year. I, I could see nine and seven winning the division. I think that the Giants probably have a good chance to get there. Washington, you can't count them out, but you know a lot will depend on them with the quarterback. Who's going to be their quarterback going forward? You don't really know right now. Philly, a lot of turmoil there right now. You really don't know what's going to happen. Is it Carson Wentz? Is it someone else? Are they you know in a complete rebuild mode at this point? Dallas, I don't like McCarthy, man. He is a stooge. He's Jerry Jones, stooge. Maybe getting Dak back, if they do, that could put them kind of back into the the favorite in the NFC East for next year. But he's a, not a good coach, and I could see him just driving the driving the Cowboys into the ground and finishing seven and nine or six and ten next year too. So. We'll see. You know, after the draft and free agency, I think I'll be able to answer that a little better. But right now, I'd, I'd kind of say the Giants and, and maybe Washington might be the front runners for next year. Another Twitter question that I have is from ewiz underscore ninety nine, and he asks, "Looking ahead, which team in the NFC East has the brightest future?" Kind of a similar, similar uh, question to Curtis's. Giants, you know, kind of being a homer a little bit there, but I, I do think the Giants have the brightest future right now. They have a lot of good young talent defensively. They have most of those players locked up. Obviously, they have to look at 
Leonard Williams, but you kind of got to assume that something gets done there. They have the quarterback. They have the running back of the future. They need some wide receivers. Tight ends a position of need, but the offensive line's looking like it's you know trending up. A lot of a lot of good things for the Giants going forward. Washington, you know, you, you can't count them out. They have great defense, but you just still don't know who their quarterback is, and, and that's the most important position on the team. So once that's answered, then we may be able to look at you know Washington as a legitimate contender for the brightest future. So one other question from ewiz underscore 99. He asks, of the four remaining playoff teams, which quarterback has the most pressure to win a Super Bowl? I, I can honestly say two quarterbacks, I, I think. I know that's not the, the question you asked, but I think Brady could really use it as like a good, like, you know, fuck you to the Patriots for treating me how you did. And, and, you know, this is proof that I'm the reason we won and I can do it elsewhere. And I'm still a good quarterback in this league. I would also say Rogers as kind of a fuck you to the Patriot or the Packers for drafting a quarterback instead of trying to get him more help. I could see Rogers in this league for another four or five years easily. So if, if he wins another Super Bowl, I think that he gets the Brett Favre treatment where they kind of just let him play until he wants to retire. Unless he, you know, announces he's retiring 19 times and, and then comes back every year. So hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> so next I want to do, I want I want to review special teams a little bit. I think I'll probably review each position group, but I'm, I'm going to kind of go in a different order just to keep things interesting I guess you know keep it a little bit different from what everyone else is doing um so let's start with yeah special teams I guess let's start with Riley Dixon he had 65 punts this year and he averaged 44.8 yards per punt did have one blocked uh he had 28 inside of the 20 and his net average was 39.4 so not amazing he really didn't have a great year but I would say you know it was average if I had to give him a grade I'd probably go with like a a C plus to a B minus Graham Gano had a really good year actually so he was 31 of 32 his long was 55 yards did a great job with kickoffs I'd give him an A you know he, he just overall had a, a really solid year for the Giants and he did sign an extension I think he's going to be someone that's going to stay with the Giants until he retires I hope at this point so yeah Graham Gano I'd give an A the kick returner Deion Lewis I would give a freaking F for failure for sucking for ugh, being so frustrating and maybe that's a little bit of an overreaction. I know, I mean, realistically, if you look at his stats, he fumbled twice, didn't really do anything else that bad. But, man, those fumbles sucked. And he did have a couple of decent kick returns towards the end of the year. But I don't care, man. He 
I'm not happy with anything that he did on this team. So F for you. Good, sir. Special teams coverage. I'm going to go B minus. They kind of had like an up and down year with that. I think they were definitely decent, but kind of, kind of up and down really. So I'm going to go. Yeah, I'll go B on that. The, the, the special teams in general, if I had to give a grade, I would probably go with a B minus as the overall grade. Jabril Peppers as a punt returner was okay. I thought he let the ball bounce at some bad times here and there around like the eight, nine yard line when he should have fair, fair caught it. Golden Tate had a few returns. No one really did anything you know, of note special teams this year really was kind of lackluster. Whereas in the past, I felt like it was a strength. So I'm hoping that gets better as the years go. You know, you hope Joe judge has his, has his, you know, impact on the special teams. McGahee was awesome for us. So hopefully he stays, but they were just all right, you know. It wasn't anything amazing, wasn't anything horrible either, but it it was just kind of it was there and and it was just all right. So next I want to get into the free agents that the Giants have and then kind of kind of some plans that I think might be some things that we we look at doing. The current free agents that we have, I think the players I would look at bringing back. Obviously, I think that we need to bring back Leonard Williams. Just kind of no way around that. Kyler Fackrell, I think, is someone that we should try to bring back. Works well with Patrick Graham. He doesn't necessarily have to be a starter, but he's someone that can fill in when needed. He can rotate in. He can get sacks. He can do a little bit of everything. He can, he's decent in coverage. I think he's someone that we should try to focus on bringing back. Obviously, it can't be a you know a super expensive contract, but he's a good role player, and I hope we do bring him back. Cam Fleming is another guy that I could see coming back on a one-year deal and maybe let him compete with uh, Pert for the starting right tackle spot. Maybe not, though. You know, it kind of depends on what his market will be. I certainly think it would be worth bringing him back, though. Colt McCoy is the next free agent that I I would say, honestly, I'd probably let, let him walk and see if we can get somebody that is a little bit more reliable as a as a backup quarterback. And it's nothing to do with Colt McCoy. I think for the most part, he filled in decent when asked to. My worry is more, is Daniel Jones someone that can stay healthy? So far, he's kind of proven that he isn't able to stay healthy, and that is what worries me, and that's why I think we need to get a more competent backup. Try to get someone like Matt Barkley, even. you know, There's actually a lot of guys out there that you could look at. Mike Glennon, Blake Bortles is a free agent. Nick Mullins, A.J. McCarron. If you want to get someone a little bit more pricey, look at Ryan Fitzpatrick or, you know, Jacoby Brissett. So there are a lot of options out there that, in my mind, are just better than Colt McCoy. Nate Ebner is next. 
I'd probably try to bring him back. I think Cody Core is someone that might get cut. And I, I would say bringing Nate Ebner back. You know, is what Joe Judge wants. He just can't be on the field as a safety. He needs to be a special teamer. Dion Lewis, if you couldn't tell from earlier, we could just toss him in the ocean, get him out of here. I want nothing to do with him. Austin Johnson, I hope they bring back as, you know, kind of another rotation piece. Unfortunately, Delvin Tomlinson, I really want to bring him back. I just, the more I think about it, the more we're kind of in a position to be able to replace him. So it's with a heavy heart that I have to say, I think we let him walk. I think BJ Hill can rotate in and play well. I think Austin Johnson can play well. The other thing is RJ McIntosh. Now I'm not sitting here saying that he's going to come in and be the savior and he's going to be amazing. And and I'm not saying anything like that. He's been on this practice squad all year, but for a reason that I don't really know why, but he's been protected Almost the majority of the weeks, I believe the giants are able to protect a couple of players on the practice squad. And he's been one of them. So I kind of feel like that must mean something. Maybe, you know, he he was injured the year prior his, his rookie year. He had something kind of weird going on that we don't really know about. Maybe he's still kind of recovering and he's still kind of getting his feet wet in the game. Maybe they just kind of, told him, hey, you know, we're redshirting you this year type thing, and we'll give you a chance next year. I don't know. It just seems weird to me. It makes me think that they might have plans for him. Next is Jabal Sheard, who is a free agent. I would bring him back if, if possible. Another good rotation guy. He can, he can kind of fill in when needed and eat up some snaps to kind of help keep everyone fresh. Alfred Morris, I think, is gone. I think you bring in a a little bit of a better backup. And obviously that kind of goes into Wayne Gallman, who I think is gone. He's going to get a a better contract somewhere else than what we're going to offer him. Casey Kreider, he did a fine job, I think. You know, his his name really wasn't called too much. So it wouldn't surprise me to bring him back. Adrian Colbert, whatever, get rid of him. I don't really care. Ryan Lewis as a restricted free agent. I could see coming back on a you know on a one-year deal and maybe competing in the cornerback room. So that's our free agents. Next, some veteran cuts that I think could help get some salary cap issues taken care of. Golden Tate's an obvious one. He's gone. I, I don't think there's any any question about that really. He just doesn't belong here. You know, he. I think he. Maybe it's time for him to retire. I don't know, but he's gone, and cutting him will save six mil. That's worth it right there. We do eat four point seven, but that's part of part of the deal. You know, it is what it is. Kevin Zeitler is someone that wouldn't shock me if we cut him. We would save twelve million, and only two and a half mil would be a, a dead hit. It wouldn't shock me maybe if they can work on some type of contract restructure to try to keep him because he is, you know, one of the the veterans on this team, on this offensive line, in a position where you kind of want those veterans. 
but he's getting older. I don't know. I think if unless you can bring that, you know, cut that number in half, I think I would move on. Nate Solder, he's probably gone. I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but he's probably gone. One thing I want I want to actually bring up with him. Everyone like gets so mad about Gettleman signing him. What did you think the Giants were going to do? What did you think he was going to do back in 20 it was a 20 2017 or 2018 when he signed so 2018 when we signed him? How how mad would fans have been if if we were just like, "No, Eric Flowers is going to be our left tackle." Every, the people would have revolted. We had to sign him. That was the the going rate for a left tackle at that point. Everyone knew that he wasn't amazing, but he was a serviceable left tackle. Obviously, serviceable might not have been the right word, but at the time, that's what everyone thought. So, shut up about that, man. You know, the the other option was was trotting Eric Flowers out there at left tackle. I'd much rather have Nate Solder. So. It's what it is, but get off it. Get off that. I mean, it's just dumb. This is dumb. So, so, I'm assuming he, you know, may retire. He could be a post-June first cut, and they can spread the cap out for the next two years. But you don't get that savings until June first, which could be used towards a rookie signings. It could work kind of a couple different ways. I think he's gone regardless. I don't see him coming back and being the right tackle or anything like that. Maybe they try to restructure him. I don't know. A couple others. Levine Taiolo, I think, has gone. He really didn't do much for us. We'd save 2.9 mil. Cody Core, I think he's cut. We'll save 2 mil there. David Mayo, probably gone. Save some money there. Evan Ingram? No, no, we're not cutting him. He'll be here. I could maybe see us trading him, but probably not. So, that's kind of the way I'd clear some cap money it's nothing earth shattering but that's what I would do so some free agent targets originally I would have said Matthew Judon but the report recently came out today I think today actually that he's he wants 20 mil a year and that's just crazy I wouldn't give that to him I believe he's 32 no way not doing it someone like Shaq Barrett might be nice but I don't think he's a fit for what the Giants will want to pay Bud Dupree could be a cheaper option. He's 28. Someone that's worth looking into, I would say. Another guy to look at would be someone like Joe Thune coming over from the Patriots. Knows Joe Judge. Might be a little bit more than we want to pay, but he's still fairly, I think he's 29. He's an option. Definitely wide receivers is something we have to look at. I would say no to Juju. Smith Schuster for a couple of different reasons. First off, I don't really like him. I don't think he's that good of a receiver. Second, I worry about the Steelers, you know, players coming, especially wide receivers coming from Pittsburgh. They did such a good job hiding everything with Antonio Brown that I don't, I don't like his attitude to start. Wouldn't shock me if they've kind of hidden some of that along the way. I think Allen Robinson is going to be too expensive. To, to really think that we're going to sign him. It sounds like he's trying to get around like 18 mil a year, 19 mil a year in a four-year deal. He's too 
for the wide receiver position, I think he's too old to sign that type of deal. Maybe T.Y. Hilton, you can get a little bit cheaper. Maybe Sammy Watkins, you could get a, a short-term deal. Maybe Marvin Jones or, or someone like that could be an option too. Keelan Cole could be someone that you could look at. Naming all these guys, still Corey Davis is the guy that I want the Giants to sign. He's 26. He's six foot three. I think he's the big guy that the Giants need. He had a pretty good year, just under 1,000 yards this year. He's someone that I think is under the radar, and he might only cost 10 to 12 mil a year, somewhere around there. And he could come in immediately and be our number one wide receiver. A little bit of a down year the year prior to last year. He only had 43 receptions for 601 yards. But that's also A.J. Brown coming in and kind of asserting his dominance at that position. And then it's still a run-first team with Derrick Henry. So I, I wouldn't read too much into that. Another option is someone like Curtis Samuel, who I like. You know, he he was a wider – sorry, he was a running back at Ohio State, and he converted to a wide receiver. So I think he's just getting better. But if we if we signed him, I think we need to still really look hard at free agency and look at the draft for wide receiver position. Someone like Corey Davis could solve that a little bit where you might not need to look at a wide receiver that high in the draft in the like first or second round. But I think if you go Curtis Samuel, I think you're going – wide receiver regardless some running backs to look at I think Mark Ingram would be a, a fun backup like I said I think Wayne Gallman's gone Mike Davis from Carolina could be an option maybe Carlos Hyde or Lamar Miller or you just draft someone I think drafting someone would probably be the, the way I'd go other than Mark Ingram for defensive tackle Delvin Tomlinson maybe you know bring back bring back Austin Johnson, take a look at, hey, maybe take a look at Jonathan Hankins, see if, if he's someone that we can come back with. Always an option. Those are, are kind of the moves I'd make. And then drafting, you know, I still think I'd, I'm looking at receiver right now. I'm kind of growing more and more into a Jalen Waddle fan, thanks to my buddy Eddie. <sighs> Obviously, I'd, I'd still go Jamar Chase. I think I'd put Jalen Waddle at number two for me right now. Devontae Smith, if we got him, I would never complain about that, obviously. But we'll see what happens. Free agency is really going to be telling for the draft. On to the, the playoff game still. The first game is going to be Bucks at Green Bay. I think this is an easy Green Bay win, 34-21. I think they're going to dominate and send the Bucks home. Bills at Chiefs after that. Going to be a back-and-forth game. Going to be really close. I think the Bills squeak out a win and they pull off an upset. 28 to 27. I'm high in the Bills this year. I really think that this is a game they can win. It will be a tough, tough game, but that doesn't mean that it's not possible. So last thing I want to do tonight before I shut this episode down is talk about Eli Manning's next start. It is his, I believe his sixth start, and it's against the Cincinnati Bengals, who are sitting at six and eight at that time. Giants are sitting at five and nine. And the Bengals are being coached by Mar- Marvin Lewis still at that point. 
They have kind of a some good names. They have John Kitna's there at this point. Rudy Johnson, TJ Hushmanzada, man, Chad Chad Johnson, a lot a lot of good names for the Giants. Obviously, the normal guys, Eli and everyone. The game kind of starts off fast with a touchdown from John Kitna to Chad Johnson, puts up the Bengals seven nothing. Giants actually answer pretty much right away with the next drive, and, and Tiki Barber punches it in for a touchdown. The Bengals kick a field goal, followed by the Giants kicking three field goals. And at that point, the Giants are up 16-10. Third quarter's going around, and Rudy Johnson scores a touchdown to put the, put the Bengals up. We kick a couple more field goals, and then the dagger happens at 44, with 44 seconds left in the game where John Kitna hits Chad Johnson for a touchdown to, to win the game. Giants sacked uh, twice. They had one fumble, which is a turnover. Penal- penalized nine times for 85 yards. That certainly hurt them. Eli Manning in the game was 19 of 37 for 201 yards with one interception. Not not like a pretty game by any means, but still a game that we were so close to winning. He at least kept us in it. Tiki Barber had a pretty good game with 22 carries for 109 yards. Jeremy Shockey had some catches. Ike Hilliard had some catches. David Tyree had a, a, a few as well. For the Bengals, John Kitna was there, which is pretty cool. He had a, a decent game, 20 for 32 for 186 yards and, a, and two touchdowns. Rudy Johnson rushed 19 yards, 19 times for 31 yards. Hushmanzada had a couple catches. Chad Johnson had a couple too with two touchdowns. So this is the last game. Sorry, this is the second to last game of the year. After last week's performance against Pittsburgh, it was a little bit of a letdown for Eli. But at least we're in the game. You know, he showed that he could keep the Giants in the game give and give them a chance to win. They had a lead multiple times, so they're kind of getting better. They're figuring out what to do. They just didn't, didn't pull off the win. So that's kind of a short little section this week. Sorry it's so short. My th- This episode was supposed to be out last night, unfortunately, and you may have heard it at one point. My son woke up. He's he's two years old. He's been having a couple of tough nights sleeping the last few nights in a row. And my wife went up and got him and brought him into the bedroom with her. So obviously he's sleeping with us on occasion at night. But that kind of made it tricky. He, he loves me right now so much that sometimes he just won't settle down until I'm there. So I ended up going upstairs and, and going to bed early. So that's why we're going out a little bit later this week. So thanks for being patient with that. Next week, I want to get a little bit more in-depth with the position review for the secondary. And we'll do Eli Manning's last start against the Dallas Cowboys, which was a win. So I'm, I'm very excited about that one. Definitely be a little bit more in-depth for that one. I appreciate everyone that listens, guys. Tell your friends. Pass this along if you can. I am trying to kind of grow this a little bit if I can. Leave me a rating on Apple Podcasts if you can. 
if anyone wants to interact a little bit more with, with some questions, I'd appreciate that too for when I do put out the Twitter questions. I'm trying to grow. It's just slow, but I do appreciate the people that are listening. And yeah, that's all I got for you guys today. I'll see you guys next week. Let's freaking go. <laughs>